wags. "'Can I leave the captain here for a few minutes?' Olivia asked Greta's handler. "'I'm on my way to the chief's office, and Haviland's obviously in no rush to follow me.' The officer, who'd taken an enormous bite from his meatball sub while Olivia was speaking, gave her a thumbs up before his gaze returned to his car magazine. Sawyer Rawlings rarely closed his door, so Olivia wasn't surprised to find it partially open. Hello, you. Rawlings, who had had both hands buried inside the top drawer of his filing cabinet, sensed that someone had walked in. He looked up, and seeing Olivia, smiled. To what do I owe this unexpected vision of beauty in the middle of my day? When Olivia didn't respond, but strode over to the window and crossed her arms over her chest, Rawlings immediately abandoned his filing. You're angry, he said. Did I leave dirty dishes in the sink? Put my white socks in the dark load hamper? He grinned, expecting his banter to elicit a smile from her, too. When her mouth remained a thin, tense line, Rawlings gently spun her around and searched her face. It isn't you, Olivia said. Rawlings let loose an exaggerated sigh of relief. Which poor sucker has incurred your wrath? A lazy employee? A tourist? Was someone rude to Dixie? Rawlings watched his wife's eyes for a sign that he was getting closer to discovering the source of her discontent. No, not Dixie. She can take care of herself. Officer Cook and I have a long-standing bet on whether or not she keeps a knife concealed in the toe of her left roller skate, like Ian Fleming's Rosa Kleb. Remember from Russia with love? Stop, Olivia snapped. This is serious. Rawlings took Olivia's hand and led her to the chairs facing his desk. I'm worried now. What is it? I'm not sure. Olivia looked at the man she'd been married to for over a year and a half and saw how his concern had deepened the lines on his forehead and around his mouth. She reclaimed her hand, tenderly touched his right cheek to show her gratitude, and then said, I'd better start from the beginning. Rawlings nodded. That's usually the best place. Olivia told him about her lunch with Laurel. She's doing everything in her power to hold her family together, but the stress is getting to her. She looks exhausted. She just drags herself from one commitment to another. There's no light on her horizon. So when I heard she had to attend the semi-monthly hospice meeting for Steve's mom, I offered to go along. You did? Rawlings couldn't conceal his astonishment. His bewilderment made Olivia smile. I know, I could hardly believe it myself. But I had this vibe that Laurel couldn't bear another weight on her shoulders, and if my being with her at that meeting could provide her with the tiniest bit of comfort, then I had to go. You'd better watch it, Rawlings warned. If this gets out, your ice queen reputation will suffer. Thinking of Stacy's comment, Olivia felt a fresh surge of anger. I'm sure I can do something to maintain that. She gave Rawlings a brief summary of the meeting, including details about all the participants. Next, she explained how she ended up inside Rachel Hobbs's condo. 
Do you remember Laurel ever mentioning how her in-laws made their money? Olivia asked Rawlings. He shook his head. Honestly, whenever she mentioned Steve's family during our critique group meetings, she mostly talked about how Rachel criticized her or how her in-laws were spoiling the twins with lavish gifts. That sounds about right, Olivia agreed. In any case, they have some impressive items in their condo. Rare books, expensive porcelain, what I believe to be original Picasso drawings, costly antiques. I'm mentioning these because I might have been distracted when I heard what I heard, and I need to tell you about it so you can help me form a clear judgment. Rawlings waited without speaking. His ability to be quiet was one of his finest qualities, and Olivia especially valued it now. Still...